0: I am awake.
1: Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Karagi, to all my friends and relatives in four directions, you are listening to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. Uh, We discuss local and national native news and events, and as you know, Haley, native issues are human issues, and human issues are native issues.
3: You are right, Daga. This portion of the show is supported by J.S. Bean Factory off Randolph Avenue in St. Paul. Only the good stuff keeps us awake.
1: I'm awake. Hey, we're here with Dr. Stately and later on we're going to have Leah Hale, uh, award-winning documentary uh, director and uh, with an upcoming documentary and we're starting off the show with our our friend Dr. Stately, uh, he's the CEO of Native American Community Development, and our friend here on Native Roots Radio, Dr. Stately, welcome as always and uh, great to see you. I was hoping to have a little talk with you before we get the, the director on about how uh, you were involved and uh, your your young ones were involved.
0: Yeah, sure. I'm um, happy to talk about that. Um, so I, I know Leah Hale, I how I met Leah was through um, the community, just work we stuff that goes on in the community. But um, she reached out to me one day, I think on Facebook messenger, she sent me an email uh, message and she said, um, Hey, um, I'm shooting a film, a documentary film on, um, on Henry Boucher's life. And um, we want to do some B-roll footage. Um, of just some native kids skating and, um, and we were thinking, we'd like to have your sons do that. Um, her husband, Shane, um, has been a um, lacrosse coach with Indigenous um, Twin Cities Native Lacrosse. And my sons have been playing um, with TCNL um, since they were about seven years old or so. Um, so they played with TCNL for about four or five years until they turned about 12, I think, 12 or 13. Um, and so, um, Shane knew us and knew about the boys and knew that they played hockey. And I think we were just, you know, at the right place in the right time. It's pretty cool. (laughs) Get the invitation and the ask. And, um, you know, we showed up at the rink. It was in St. Paul. We shot in, um, I forget what the name of the rink was now. It's right there. Um, not too far from your house, actually. Um. Hedgecum by Hedgecum. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. and, um, nice old drink, you know, one of the first ones around, I think. Mm-hmm. And, um, the boys, um, got to, you know, hang out and, um, shoot. Like they took B roll footage of them, like doing maneuvers and skating and shooting and passing, passing and those kinds of things. Just to kind of include in the documentary, and then um, they had some time with Henry, um, and um, they did a couple of other things with Henry. They took some photos with them and stuff like that too. What was really cool was um, one of the producers was like, "Um, "Can we get uh, one of your sons to wear this red shirt and this red bandana? Um, You know, (laughs) and um, kind of like you know." Um, act, um, shoot him like he's the young Henry Boucher. You know, yeah. kind of like on that, which was kind of cute. It was really cool. And um, they took him into the locker room and they kind of like, you know, dressed him up and brought him out. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I was laughing because I was like, oh my God, it is like a little young Henry Boucher. You know? <laughs> <With> that, <laughs> like that the, classic with, picture of him. Yeah.
1: With the headband. Um, when yeah, I was, the headband. It's a, when I was young everyone thought I was Henry Boucher because I had long hair and I guess I looked Indian and I always wore the sweatband, the you know, Bill yeah. Walton wore it too and Henry wore it and uh Yeah. Uh I got to see his jersey too from back then when he played in uh mm-hmm. high school and because I don't know if you remember this or if it's part of the documentary, he he got bloodied and came back. Uh and there was blood on the on the original uh, Warroad jerseys, so that
0: oh uh, really yeah. Grace, there's a that. collector,
1: collector in St. Paul that has all his jerseys. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah. When we were selling oh. his book at the store, they came and did a signing, and I got to see those jerseys. Wow. The only only jersey they couldn't find is the red the red Saints jersey. Nobody could find, and that was the end of the. Minnesota Fighting saints uh they wore a red jersey instead of the the blue one,
0: yeah, that's a pretty cool story. It was really cool, but I loved about that day is you know I, I took him there so they drink you know it was like six hours or so of shooting film, and Henry wasn't on the ice the entire time, so we sat him and I sat outside the rink um like in the you know in the waiting area between locker rooms, like where we could see the rink and the shooting and he and I chatted and talked and it had to be like one of the most coolest two or three hours I've spent in my life, just chatting wow. with him and talking with them. And, you know, he told me stories about, you know, growing up, he told me stories about his hockey days. He told me stories about, you know, all the women in his life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you mean his mom and grandma, right?
0: <laughs> I know. no, Yeah, right. I should have, I should have like, I should have recorded it on my phone so I could write his memoir but yeah, yeah. the truth the, the real story the real Henry Boucher I'm just teasing but he was like such an amazing man just to sit and mm-hmm. talk with it reminded me of talking to like you know elders in my in my family and um and um you know I was I wasn't really super young when he played I was probably in my late teens early 20s I think when he was a player Um, I moved away from Minnesota when I was young, so I wasn't really, like, um, around a whole lot when he was playing in in Minnesota anyway. But also, it was just, like, um, really cool to hear him talk about his experience. I asked him to give, um, you know, at one point I asked him to talk to my sons about, you know, know, his efforts and his challenges getting into the NHL, because that's kind of like their dream as well, and, um... And I was like, "What what advice would you give them?" Could you give any advice. He was just like, "He goes, dream big and work really hard." He goes and and pray because it takes talent, it takes hard work, and it takes a little bit of luck.
1: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so. Well, we had the opportunity. We had our uh, Native Roots Trading Post at uh, at Shakopee's Powwow, and he came up, uh, and he mm. had a had a walker. And I hadn't seen him because of COVID and all that. Um, but it was really great to see him. And he had his, you know, he had his hat, war road hat on and, uh, it was good hanging out with him. And, uh, yeah, we really miss him. He's been on the show a lot and we did a lot of, uh, book signings with his book. And, uh, as a matter of fact, at the fair, we sold out like, uh, we had, she's, I think 25 of them and they were gone and they were all autographed. And now. Now I only have one one left here. I'm looking at. Uh, oh, uh, that's O'Shea. my Christmas
0: present you're going to give me next year, right? Nice.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, we'll exchange gifts this year for the first time ever. ho wow! <laughs> yeah,
0: ho-wah. yeah. No, I, it was like we had good conversation. We laughed. He told me mm-hmm. some jokes. He talked mm-hmm. about you know. His time in Alaska. He was in Alaska for a while, and then came back. And um, yeah, it just just uh, really wonderful, generous, um, beautiful man who was like you know kind and con- kind and considerate, and just like willing to talk about his life experiences telling me the good the bad and some of the ugly and you know he was like yeah. he was just a genuine human being it was really a beautiful afternoon it was like for something i remember the rest of my life.
1: yeah and uh henry was deep into the mascot fight and we got to see him do his mm-hmm. work uh, with uh in a good way and got to work with him on that hey uh wow we're here with dr stately and up next to leah hale award-winning a documentary and a filmmaker and we are going to talk about this documentary coming up and when it's going to happen and it's great dr stately's here today too because of his connection and you're listening to native roots radio presents i'm awake
0: when we heal from our traumas
3: when we face our fears
0: let go of our addictions
3: when we relearn our values
0: When we live our teachings,
3: respecting our elders,
0: cherishing and honoring our children,
3: when we honor and take care of our spirit,
0: there will be be no room left for sexual violence.
4: Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition.
2: As we age, it's important to invest in our health and to help protect it. Like the flu, COVID-19 is always changing. That's why it's important to stay up to date on your vaccines. By getting the flu and COVID-19 vaccines, you can renew your body's defenses and lower the risk of getting sick. Get your health boost and protect yourself against the flu and COVID-19. Find vaccines near you at vaccines.gov. That's vaccines.gov.
3: The City of Minneapolis is now on Native Roots Radio with Minneapolis Air. Air stands for American Indian Relations. Guest host Christine McDonald talks to people about important things affecting the city's native communities. Minneapolis Air dives into topics like public safety, public health, elections, and so much more. Tune into Minneapolis Air on Native Roots Radio from 5 to 6 p.m. on the second Wednesday of every month right here on AM 950. Now is a perfect and exciting time to plan your next National Eagle Center adventure. When you visit this winter season, you can meet and learn all about the
0: newest bald eagle ambassador, Perseus. Plus, the center is your headquarters for winter eagle information and experiences, including weekly winter bald eagle counts, golden eagle information,
4: unforgettable expert-led field trips, and small group private eagle habitat tours for your family and friends. Make eagles part of your 2024 and plan your visit or experience today online at nationaleaglecenter.org. Hi, I'm Jane Fonda, and you're listening to
3: Native Roots Radio.
1: And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot.
3: This portion of the show is supported by Native American Community Clinic on Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis, honoring health and tradition.
1: Yes, they do. Hey, we're here with Dr. Stately, uh, CEO of Native American Community Clinic himself, and then also our special guest, not that you're not special, Dr. Stately, we, we know you're special in, in a special way, but we have uh, Leah Hale, award-winning uh, director and producer, and we're going to be talking about her new documentary coming out, and uh, we're really excited to have you on, and welcome to Native Brits Radio.
5: Hello Robert. Thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate it. Um, hey, good one good one hey
1: uh w- we want to talk about uh, a little bit about your documentary and when it's coming out but uh, and it's called uh, the electric Indian and um Let's, let's get right into it and talk about the process and uh, how you came up with this and and I know I know uh, Dr. State or Dr. Uh, I should say Henry Boucher, his career was cut short. He was in 1978, I think was the last year he played and he had that uh, vicious thing happen to him with his eye. and I don't know if he saw double vision the rest of his life or what I can't remember.
5: Um, well, before we get into the the details of the story, I just wanted to, um, say that we're really excited. Um, um, like you mentioned, my name is Leah Hale and, um, I come from the Dakota and Deneh people and I work as a documentary producer and director for Twin Cities PBS. And um, I'm really excited and um, really overwhelmed as well to bring this documentary, this precious story that I worked on over the past year um, into the world. Um, we actually are planning on um, having a statewide um, release. Our broadcast date is coming up. It will be on um TPT Channel 2 on March 26th, um, and I believe the time is 8 p.m. And I just kind of wanted to um, mention two pre-showings of the film as well. Um, just in case anyone wants to get a sneak peek of the film, we're going to be having a community premiere in the town of War Road, Minnesota during Hockey Day, Minnesota. And that date is coming up um, this Friday. And it'll be Friday the 26th at 3 p.m. in War Road, Minnesota. And the second one, for those of you in the cities, we are planning on having a screening at the Great Northern Film festival on wednesday january 31st at 7 p.m so i just wanted to throw those out there before we get into the story
1: yeah and uh we'll have haley bring those dates up again and yourself uh, because it's really important and uh i just have to say how refreshing and important it is that a native's doing a story on a native and that us telling our own stories and um having a conduit like uh, tpt is uh Just a home run and a grand slam in my eyes and uh, really uh, great work on your part and also great, uh, you know, uh, great partnership.
5: Yeah, I'm um, really thankful, especially to the funders. This is actually my third uh, feature-length documentary in co-production with Vision Maker Media. And um, I'm really thankful to their organization. They're the leading source of public media funding that um, Native filmmakers like myself get the opportunity to apply for production production grants and post-production grants. So they're um, a co-pro- uh, co-production on the film. And we also um, get funding from the Minnesota State Legacy Amendment, as well as the Manitou Manitou Foundation. Um, also helped us out with the funding. So I just wanted to mention them because definitely it takes, you know, funding to um, make these films happen. So I'm really grateful to TPT as well for believing um, in my experience and my expertise in crafting Indigenous storytelling.
1: Absolutely. And uh, I think it's really important. Do you have any uh, footage of his playing days in uh, high school or um – of uh, course, in the NHL, and then he played for the Minnesota Fighting Saints here in St. Paul, where I live, uh, and he's been a legend uh, for so, so long.
5: Yes, um, those are some of my, you know, best footage that I really relied on. I was fortunate enough to um, work in collaboration with Henry Boucher himself. Mm. This film has been, you know, a project that he was dreaming of for um, many decades. And over those decades, he started collecting a lot of these um, footages himself. So when we finally, you know, got the green light to start production, he um, dropped off at the station, this huge box, and it was filled of, you know, like VHS tapes and all of these different, you know, just all of these footage that he had collected over the years of his, of himself. Um, so there is footage that is found in a documentary all the way. Um, we actually have audio tape of him in the, um, I believe it's the 68th or the, the 68, 1968 um, game when he um, played in the high school state hockey championship. I believe it was against um, Edina. So mm-hmm. it was definitely um, a valuable um, audio that we got to include within the documentary, along with this like unique um, interview of him after his first initial eye injury that he had during that high school game. And, you know, everything from NHL clips of him um, when he was with the Detroit Red Wings all the way to the Olympics and um, especially um, that critical moment that changed his life, his eye injury um, that happened, I believe, when he was on the Minnesota Fighting Saints. So definitely there's um, quite a few um footage, uh, moving footage sequences that we created throughout the film.
1: I believe he was on the North Stars and, uh, or no, the was it the North Stars or the fly, the Flyers or yeah. the ones that, that
5: hit? Yeah, sorry, no. I got that confused. The Fighting Saints was afterwards, it was the Minnesota North Stars.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Somebody's playing a flute background mm-hmm. there, Mr. Stately. Uh- <laughs>
0: Snacks already. That's what it is. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: I just have two hungry hockey players. I just got home. Speaking of uh, injuries, I'll get an injury if I don't leave them.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, one of the things I I, I, uh, appreciate was that he, and people don't understand this, but in the old days, there was only one hockey tournament. There was not an A uh, league or a B league or a C league. There was only one division. So when a little school like Warroad came down to play the mighty Edina or any city school, they were at disadvantage in many ways. And I think we to accentuate the, uh, the greatness of him in that tournament uh, would be hard to understate because of, uh, because of that.
5: Yeah, there's one story in particular, which um, I believe we captured from the current mayor of Warroad, um, Robert um, Marvin. And he, in the when we interviewed him, he talked about um, when the injury took place, when he, I'm not too sure how it all went down, but he got injured. And um, it was during, you know, probably the final moments of the game. And he said once they took him off the ice, the whole arena started, um, you know, chanting, "We, we, we want Henry, we want Henry. And he just said it was just like so crazy because they've never had, he's never witnessed that experience of like this whole, you know, arena chanting one person's name and, you know, um, wanting them to return. (laughs) So it was just a unique story that he told, um, within the film.
1: You know what's uh, really crazy, too? He played, of course, in the War Road, War Road High School and then played only one year with the Winnipeg Jets in 69 and 70 and then went right into the NHL. And, I mean, how often does that happen? That's that's totally amazing. And especially back then, there was only eight teams in the NHL, so not very many Americans, mostly uh, people, Uh, from Canada uh, that were playing in the NHL at the time. So, again, just unbelievable skills and how he came up. And uh, people don't realize that. And I'm sure your documentary is going to talk about how great of a player and uh, not only that, but the obstacles that he had to go through.
5: Yes. Not not only do we mention, you know, just the trajectory of his hockey career, but we also, you know, talk about – his personal life and, you know, starting with what it was like growing up in a all white town and, you know, kind of being the only native on this team, or mm-hmm. even when he gets a little older, the only native in that um, junior league team, and especially in the Olympics. So once he, you know, you get, you know, to that grand stage, you're kind of always dealing with those factors of being the only person of color. So, kind of having to deal with discrimination and, you know, just the challenges that come with, um, you know, having to hold on to um, what we know of our culture and trying to figure out ways to, you know, integrate that into. Um, whatever profession or whatever skill set that you're going after, trying to utilize both worlds and trying to make the best of it.
1: Hey, uh, can you hold on for another segment, Uh, Leah Hale? Sure. Awesome. Hey, we got to break and pay the bills. We're talking about The Electric Indian, uh, the Henry Boucher story, and we're here with Anthony Stately and Haley, and we're going to rile up here. You're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake. Stay with us. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States.
4: And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected.
1: Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf.
4: Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy.
1: As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired.
4: Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's, Let's live, live and let howl.
0: Howl!
1: Hey, if you're like a lot of people, you're probably relieved that the holiday celebrations are over. But there's one thing that might stay with us from the holidays besides all those gifts. And that's COVID-19. Numbers from COVID are going up as we spend more time inside. And Native Americans are seeing even bigger case spikes. With all the indoor celebrations over the holidays, you may have unknowingly been exposed to someone with COVID-19. That's why it's important to stay vigilant. If you notice any symptoms like a fever, a tickle in the throat, or heavy fatigue, Take an at-home test. They're still free and can be ordered at sayyeshometest.org. If you do test positive, you're eligible for free treatment. And no health insurance is required. Visit health.state.m. Let's make 2024 with providers and receive your treatment. Let's make 2024 the healthiest year ever, securing a brighter future for our native community.
2: Signing up for $1 bus and train rides with the Transit Assistance Program, or TAP, is quick and easy. Do it straight from your computer or phone by uploading one of the pre-approved documents listed at metrotransit.org slash TAP, along with a copy of your ID. We'll mail you a go-to card with a full year of discounted rides. For questions or translation help, call 612-373-3333. 612-373-3333.
1: Become a teacher in ignite change. Join the St. Paul Urban Residency Program to become a teacher in just 15 months. You can earn your master's degree and teaching license from the University of St. Thomas while earning a $30,000 stipend, single health care, and dental benefits. As an added bonus, next year's cohort, all residents will receive $20,000 towards their tuition. Apply now. Applications due February 28, 2024. Visit spps.org backslash s-u-t-r.
2: Minnesotans are hardy. We don't let snow or ice get in our way. We have places to go, so making sure your vehicle is in prime shape for winter driving is so important. Take your vehicle to Rudy Luther Toyota for all your service needs. I was just there. I got my oil and filters replaced, and they did a complete safety check to make sure my vehicle can tackle what winter has up its sleeve. And they service all makes and models of vehicles. Head to RudyLutherToyota.com and use their super easy Toyota service scheduler to set up your service appointment today. Rudy Luther Toyota, on the southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Gold Valley. With a look at your AM 950 weather, I'm Patrick Lilia. Cloudy tonight with a low of 22, then Tuesday remains overcast through the day with a high of 33. Vinaigrette can add the perfect complement to your next home-cooked meal. Taste test their wide selection of oils and vinegars, and they'll bottle it for you right on the spot. Vinaigrette is located at 50th and Xerxes in South Minneapolis. Check them out at vinaigrettemn.com.
1: Welcome back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot.
3: This portion of the show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition.
1: Hey, we're here with Leah Hale, a documentary producer uh, of The Electric Indian, the story of... Uh, our friend, uh, late, great friend, Henry Boucher. And also, uh, it'll be on the TPT on March 26th. So check your, your local listings. And, uh, there's a couple other showings we'll ask about. But, uh, you know, in between, uh, in between, uh, the commercial break, Haley came up with a couple great questions. And I, uh, I don't know if you know this about me, but for 30 years, I taught film and video in the high school and, yeah. uh, would yeah. love, <laughs> Would love to know how you got your start and uh, what got you into, of course, uh, it's very traditional that we tell stories, but uh, how you got into uh, film and and uh, documentary work.
5: Sure. Um, so I grew up in um, the city of Pico Rivera that is near East, East Los Angeles. Um, so, you know, I grew up as a young Native youth in the Native community um, in the Los Angeles area which is probably, I think, um, home to the largest off-preservation community. So, you know, growing up so close to Hollywood and never seeing ourselves, you know, on the big screen, that really made an impact um, on me since I loved going to movies, (laughs) Um, But you know what, I think where I got my early interest was probably um, from my mother, from my mother, Um, my mother, her name is Marsheela Hale, and she um, actually was um, an actress, you know, and um, when I was growing up and when I was young, I used to see her get roles, you know, kind of like in the background on shows like dr quinn medicine woman you know and she would be like in the background with like a buckskin on like walking by or something you know it Look was just always sacred. um you sacred know, like, that, huh? yeah things that were always um that picked at us pre-1900 you know and mm-hmm. um so i always you know and just kind of thought about those things as a young person and you know, I, I remember as early as like eight years old, getting together with my siblings and cousins and, you know, um, cranking up the Disney movie Cinderella and having the big Um, VHS camcorder and, you know, acting out our own scenes, but, you know, in a way indigenizing it.
3: (laughs) So that was my early
5: interest, you know. But, um, so I always carry that, you know, motivation to want to be a storyteller. So I um, ended up going to um, the University of uh, California, California State University, Fullerton. I went through their radio television film program. Um, cool. I, I would, Yeah. So <laughs> that's kind of where I got my... Or she graduated from there. But, yeah,
3: very cool.
1: Yeah, that is cool. Um, so yeah. uh, how long have you been collaborating with TPT? Because you said you did uh, two other. Would you like to mention the two other documentaries you did, too?
5: Sure. Um, so I believe this coming March, it will be my 12th year at Twin Cities PBS. Um, time does fly by. Right. Um, when I first moved out here, I believe it was in around like 2009, 2010. I actually got my graduate degree from the University of, um, South Dakota in American Indian studies. And I heard of this awesome um, Dakota language program at the U. So that's kind of what sparked my interest to come out this way. And, you know, I really wanted, I really fell in love with the community. It's such a vibrant Native community here. And, you know, I really, instead of going back to Los Angeles, I kind of wanted to see if I was able to, you know, get into the film industry here and TPT was my um, doorway in. So, um, like I said before, um, Vision Maker Media has really been a supporter of my work. So they funded my very first documentary, which was entitled The People's Protectors. And that was actually a film that focused on the Native American experience in the Vietnam War. And um, my second feature was Bring Her Home, which was about... um, Following three women's lives and how they, you know, dealt with missing and murdered indigenous women, the epidemic and how, you know, they face challenges in their lives. But really, it's a film about, you know, finding that resiliency in yourself, within yourself and in your community to, you know, come together and figure out ways to not only bring attention to the issue, but find ways of healing. So that's what Bring Her Home is about.
1: Yeah, well, I've seen that one and uh that is uh, a beautiful story and uh one of the things how how long is the uh TPT uh documentary coming up the uh the Electric Indian?
5: So um we really try to tailor our films to fit, you know, um programming and we always try to aim for a national spot. Mm -hmm. Um, right now we're in, um, conversations on getting it released nationally, but, um, so usually we try to fit, make them convenient to fit in, um, programming slots of an hour. Mm So, um, it's around 57 minutes. That's what, um, usually my films are feature length ones are.
1: Boy, being a editor and, uh, a filmmaker myself, uh, it's got to be hard because it sounds like you had boxes of uh, great uh, footage and a cl- and also Henry at the time um, and talking to the people that played with him and grew up with him. Uh, that had to have been hard.
5: <laughs> yeah, um, I spent many, many months. I would say I started my um, pre-production planning in the late summer of 2022. And really what really got us going was um, I received a call from Henry Boucher and he basically just told me, told me directly that his health was declining pretty Mm -hmm. rapidly. And he, you know, shared with me a lot of what the the ailments that he was going through and just the challenges that he was facing. So he kind of told me, you know, he's the one that lit that fire under us. And he was like, we got to get it going. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we kind of, like, dropped everything what we were doing at that time and really just focused, how are we going to get, how are How are we going to, like, you know, just get this plan, get this ship going? So I really spent, you know, a good chunk of the fall um, writing and coming Mm -hmm. up with the, the way that I'm going to tell the story, how I plan to, you know, interweave the history, which was really shown through the footage and archival footage and stills and how I'm going to, you know, weave the story to present time, and even um, figuring out, you know, um, what moments, what stories do I want to try and reenact and recreate, which is yeah. where Anthony Stately's um, son, you know, came in, and I already, before I even reached out to Anthony, I already, you know, had the vision, and I am um, during my research, I came across his sons, which I love so dearly, and Um, I seen an article that was written about them in the circle. And I was just like, man, this is so perfect. You know, I always try to find ways to bring in other um, indigenous, you know, talent, not only like what we see visually, but what we hear. And what was so awesome was um, getting the support. And the um, agreement for Keith Sokola to let us allow us to license his music to, um, oh, to wow. use in future within, the, within the documentaries. Um, so, you know, I really try to bring on as much as I can um, with a limited amount of budget, you know, because we we work. We work with, like, um, opposed to, you know, Hollywood documentaries or, you know, these Netflix documentaries where their budgets are, like, multi-million dollar budgets. But mm-hmm. ours is a few hundred thousand dollars, so, you know, we, we do what we can with it to to um, do what we can to make mm-hmm. the best story.
1: Well, Dr. Stately was saying how great of the experience it was for him and his kids, right, Dr. Stately? Yeah, it
0: was awesome. It was amazing. And it was, like, just really you know i when I, w- I was into photography and i think you know i don't know We i i think i told you this when we first um started conversating i used to live in los angeles so i kind of had like this idea of all well, you know went there as a young man i'm gonna be a you know i'm gonna be a hollywood Indian. I'm gonna, you know, <laughs> i was gonna be a, i was gonna be a um you know i was gonna be a country singer too I don't know why I was...
5: oh cool
1: <laughs> wow yeah.
0: You know <laughs> These are like big dreams at 22, 23, uh-huh. you know, like, you know, and um, yeah. So I was like, a, you know, I, I've been around a lot of that world because my former partner was also a um, makeup artist, worked in that industry, and then he also was awesome. um, like a fashion photographer and worked on with a lot of um hollywood folks so i kind of lived in that area and worked in that area but this is the first time i've sort of been that close up to people actually filming like i usually have like maybe i was lucky to be enough on a sound stage and it was happening way over there so i didn't really see all the stuff that went into it but i was there on the ice with them and watching them and you know watching them do their work and i was just really impressed at like how like, amazing and professional they all were and it was such a wonderful experience you know they gave my sons a little stipend it was they were so proud of their little check that they got when it came in the mail to their <laughs> yeah. yeah, awesome. i was like i would have done this for free <laughs> <That's right. laughs> i don't care about that that's awesome <laughs> really you know <laughs> the best payment was spending time with henry and talking to them i was like this is the like, most amazing experience so,
1: yeah. wow you know, that's great sure. definitely uh so could you give those dates again for uh the war road uh the war Road premiere and also in the twin Cities again
5: sure so um the war Road premiere is going to be happening during hockey day minnesota and that's this friday january twenty sixth at three p m and a minneapolis screening is going to be taking place during the great northern film festival on wednesday january thirty first at 7 p.m.
1: Well we'll be there darn it and one last uh we got uh just a minute left one last thing um what what do you feel like one of the most important things that people anyone watching this is the takeaway of of the Henry's Henry story
5: you know where I think of his one of his last um lines in the film and he it, he says if you're going through hell just keep going and get through it because um, the positives will start to happen. And then, to me, I felt like that line summed up, you know, the whole film. Because really it's about, you know, overcoming our personal challenges and finding that resiliency within us to to succeed and be the best at what it is that you put your heart into.
1: Wow, beautiful. Leah! come on on the show before the premiere here on TPT, too, and let's get people out there watching it. Really appreciate you being on with us, and we're going to be uh, rooting for you, and what a great, great story that you're going to be telling. Pinagigi, for coming on.
5: Wopita Tonka, thank you for having me.
1: All right.
0: Here.
1: All right. Up next, Dr. Stately. Oh, we'll be right back after this short break. Please stay with us.
4: As we pack away the ornaments and bid farewell to the holiday season, it's time to unwrap the gift that keeps on giving, getting protected by a COVID-19 vaccination. This is your chance to make a difference, especially as our Native communities face higher COVID numbers. Those higher numbers underscore the need for collective action. So answer the call and get vaccinated. The latest vaccines are not just authorized, but they're proven effective against the current variants. This is extra protection, even if you've already had previous vaccines, since previous vaccines will eventually wear off. Plus, the new shots are FDA approved for ages six months and up. A COVID vaccine is not just a shot. It's a pledge to safeguard the wisdom and stories handed down by our elders. So join the movement, get vaccinated and make 2024 the healthiest year ever ever securing a brighter future for our Native community. For more information, including details about clinics offering free vaccines, visit vaccines.gov.
1: Life can be hectic. Sometimes the pressure can feel like too much, and the emotions can be overwhelming. Hennepin County's Cope Mobile Crisis Response is here to listen and help you find a way through whatever is going on in your life. Call 612-596-1223 for no-cost crisis support anytime, anywhere in Hennepin County. That number is 612-596-1223.
3: The City of Minneapolis is now on Native Roots Radio with Minneapolis AIR. AIR stands for American Indian Relations. Guest host Christine McDonald talks to people about important things affecting the city's Native communities. Minneapolis Air dives into topics like public safety, public health, elections, and so much more. Tune in to Minneapolis Air on Native Roots Radio from 5 to 6 p.m. on the second Wednesday of every month, right here on AM 950. Hi, this is Representative Sharice Davids from Kansas. I'm Ho-Chunk, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio.
1: And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and this is Robert
3: Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations.
1: How Hey, wow. Uh, wh- how exciting for the community. Uh, we're here with uh, Dr. Stately here, who's CEO of Native American Community Clinic here in the Twin Cities, Minneapolis. And uh, it's fun having a small community and get connected. And your kids, uh, your your boys are in this documentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, proud dad time, and uh, it'll be alive forever.
0: Yeah, I think that's pretty special. That's kind of cool, you know. A couple decades from now, they'll be able to show it to their kids and be like, "Look, there I am." <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think I saw and, that um, clip
3: of of them in the trailer, Doctor Stately, in the headband. Oh, that the trailer! Uh,
0: yeah, that oh. is, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, so she sent me a, quite a while ago, she sent me the original, like she sent me a link to the, um, the unfinished, like the, the, the almost completed cut. production, you know, like the, like no color correction yet. It was like, mm-hmm. I felt like I was watching, you know, video of like, like, you know, like in the, in the, uh, the late sixties, early seventies, like the whole thing felt like it was, like that because none of it had been co- color corrected yet. It was like you know, I had the little lines through it, like you know you see like when you watch your Super Eight film. and it was. Yeah. Like, it was, and it was um, I was it produced this whole like feeling of nostalgia for me. I was like remembering like, you know, being a young man growing up in the Twin Cities, watching hockey. We used to go to um, start, um, North Stars Hockey All the time when I was a kid. You know, my grandpa Irian. My grandpa Paul would take us to those hockey games and he had um, um, free tickets. And also some, my mom was friends with, um, I want to say Bill Chapman. He used to take us to, um, to games too. Anyway, um, yeah, and he, it was just a really wonderful experience. And I was happy to like have my sons be able to meet like somebody of, of, Boucher's, you know right. stature and uh history making i wanted them to understand like you know that um you know greatness looks like a lot of things it doesn't look like you know like you know, necessarily you know although i think you know people like mark Fleury, like you know all the attention he got for like wearing the masks uh, on the um, on the wild thing, the, the Dakota mask on those kinds of things. Well, that's greatness, and that's beautiful, and all kinds of really important, meaningful ways. Here's a here's a man, a native man who's from Minnesota, who grew up in a small, poor community and was able to get all the way to the NHL. And, you know, and, um, and worked hard to get there. They try to remind them of that. Like it, it takes a lot of hard work, and it takes dedication. Well, and...
1: Absolutely. You know, the the sixty nine uh Minnesota State Tournament where he was injured, they lost an over overtime to Edina. and uh he's considered one of the greatest players ever to play in Minnesota hockey. And just to mm-hmm. uh read that and know that, um this documentary is gonna be awesome because again, we're getting to tell our own stories dr stately and and yeah. and that's so cool
0: well I think that's really meaningful it's an important piece of like history to commemorate and it's also and to, you know and in, institutionalized so that all you know so that you know everybody can, can knows this is like the, the truth the story about his life mm-hmm. and his, his his pathway and his roadway to get to where he was at. I think it's important that other um, Native boys and girls see that you know see that experience and understand it, and can they can see themselves in that in, in that person because he reflects back to them you know who they are as Indigenous people and um, understanding like you know um, what 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 is what is possible when you when you um, have a dream and you have a, a vision and you're passionate and you're willing to work hard for something and. That I was really happy that I was able to sort of expose my sons to that that um that time with him. Um, I remember that we were sitting here, and I was sitting, I think, here at the dining room dining room table and um, in my in my house. and um I heard the news. It was late at night. And I heard the news that Penny had passed, and mm-hmm. um, somebody had texted me and and I was like, oh, you know, and I again, kind of took a deep breath. I was like, you know, I actually gasped. I was like, I knew, he was, I knew his. I knew his. Um, his. health was fragile. We talked a little bit about that. He talked about his 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 health condition. Um, he talked about how important this movie was to have him get it completed. Um, I was, you know, in awe of him. He was really proud of, you know, all his all of his progeny that he created that are amazing hockey players too. You know. Mm-hmm. His, um, all of his um, grandchildren, his his children and grandchildren who play hockey and who are continuing that legacy that he started. And I think that's really just a beautiful thing that we have that documented, right, and that we have um, that like, that that story can't be untold now. And so an amazing thing.
1: Well, that makes me think of what was it, two or three years his grandson was in the hockey tournament playing for War Road and also had mm-hmm. long hair and wear the headband uh, in honor mm-hmm. of his grandfather
0: yeah 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 so and his family is just really wonderful people i remember when my sons won the state tournament a couple years ago um i called um i called uh um jason shakaby's dad because my sons are like you know in awe of him and tj oshi and their whole family that whole family system really proud of them and you know and And, like him, I was thinking about like Leo's comments as she was being interviewed during your conversation like them, my sons are the only native kids in their whole entire association they don't they don't see a whole lot of other native kids on the ice playing with them mm. and it is a very, very deeply white dominated sport, and they've had some of their own experiences of like you know racism, both covert and overt and, it's been challenging to support them through that as they grow up and be young men and go out into the world and try to find their place and, you know, having these conversations with them about, you know.
1: Yeah. uh, It's
3: that internet. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's, uh, you know, uh, it's crazy Haley. We, I, I just got to read a couple things here. And one of the things was that he was injured and, uh, by Dave Forbes of the Boston Bruins. He was assaulted in a stick, uh publicized stick incident. And it left Henry with uh, a cracked bone around his eye and blurred vision, vision. and uh, he tried to sue the NHL. He was out of the NHL by, I think he was 28 years old. and. Mm-hmm. That's uh, the sad fact, and, you know, some of the things that uh, the documentary, uh, Leia and uh, Dr. Stately were alluding to, he had some rough times there, and then he was uh, sobered up and and really has been part and helped the community for the rest of his life, so he's going to be greatly missed. Greatly missed.
3: Yeah, well... And um, Leia's uh, film, the documentary that she has coming out, The Electric Indian, if you can't make it up to War Road to see that premiere this weekend, um, they will be doing a release of it January 31st um, here in the Twin Cities from 7 to 9 p.m. And this will be aired at the... Uh, main cinema, which is one fifteen southeast main street uh tickets are fifteen dollars and you can look up more information at the great dot com
1: We got less than a minute dr stately's back uh any final words feelings uh it's always great to see you and uh you know what a what a what a great thing to be a part of coming up
0: yeah, it was a deep honor to be part of it you know there is no greater sport than the. United
1: States other than hockey. No, i Whoa! Wait a minute. <laughs> no, uh, hockey, <laughs> no, hockey is pure sport when it's played right, you know. And uh, in the young young people play it right because they go back up and down and and work their skills. You know the old Rodney Dangerfield line. I was at a boxing match and a hockey game broke out. <laughs> that's, the way it was in the, that's the way it was in the 70s, and I think it's less less fighty yeah. now. But uh, it's a skill. It's yeah. a big skill. Yeah, it teaches
0: them a lot of life lessons, which is
1: really great. Right on. Hey, Pina Gigi, Dr. Stately, uh, thanks for coming on. And as always, uh, we're Pina. still here. We are the seventh generation. This has been Native Ritz Radio.
3: A free Leonard Peltier. No.